Welcome to episode number 54 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by the Liquor Store of Jackson Hole. Happily serving the community of Jackson Hole and the surrounding valley for over 35 years. Please visit thejacksonholeconnection.com slash TLS to learn more. Today, you and I will go on an exciting journey with my friend, Augie Hernandez. Augie's someone I've met over the years being here in Jackson Hole. And I happen as well to be a member of his gym, Training to Be Balanced. Augie continues to learn in life so he can teach others to live a healthy, balanced life. I'm Stephen Abrams, your host today of the Jackson Hole Connection. I believe if you desire a truly fulfilling life, both personally and professionally, then you must be willing to find a connection with people outside of your everyday circle of influence. Which is why I created this podcast, The Jackson Hole Connection. Augie's going to share with us his experience of over 30 years of martial arts training, being a personal trainer, his passion about proper body training, and why he is unwavering to ensure his clients move the right way. Today will be full of energy and great fun with Augie. Be prepared to open your mind on how you train your body and mind, because today, Augie will change your perspective on what you might be doing today. Hey, Augie, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me today. I'm excited to dive deeper into who you are and what you do here in the community of Jackson Hole. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, technically, this is my first official podcast, so hopefully I don't have too many ands and buts and stutters uh, today, so we'll see how it goes. I think you'll be great. And congratulations on this being your first podcast. There's first for everybody all the time. Thanks for asking. So let's start off with what is your connection to Jackson Hole, Wyoming? My connect, I've been in Jackson for, I'm going on 20 years uh, at the end of this month. The big two zero. I was recruited to Jackson through a job. Scott Smitty, uh, Scott Smith, sent out a business list server at the at the college that I was um, that I was attending, and he, he's an alumni from there, Michigan State University. And I answered, um, and he, I did three work vacations, and on the third one, I said, "I'm here. I just need to find a place to live." We got hooked up with a place, and I moved out 2000 September 27, 2000. I'm good with numbers with like that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you're the class of 2000. Yes. Uh, so the millennium uh, or millennial. Well, no, not a millennial. The millennium. Yeah, you are not a millennial. No, <laughs> no, but I, I do have to contend and understand uh, their upbringing uh, in the world of fitness. What do you mean contend and understand their upbringing in the world of fitness? So so a little back story in I was recruited by Scott Smith to come out here to train individuals. Uh, and I trained with him to about 2005. I went on my own on 2005, March of 2005, started my own business, uh, training to be balanced fitness and performance and bounced around the Valley, uh, found a couple of home locations and, um, we're going to be celebrating our fifth anniversary at the current location that we are right now after we expanded, um, with fit it's, I've been around and associated with fitness the entire time. In addition to that, um, physical therapy, I'm a physical therapist, uh, assistant, um, and also a martial artist. So my upbringing on how things are, done in the fitness world has changed for those who work out in the fitness world today. Um, not, not immensely, but accountability excuses. Those tend to be the kind of the top things that are not associated with, I would say, I, you know, not to stereotype, but this generation and it's hard to motivate, I guess is the word that I want to use for individuals who come in and say, I want to work out. Okay. We want to work out. This is what it's going to take. You got to take ownership and you're working out yet. It's kind of hard for individuals to envision that or to accomplish that because of potentially their upbringing of essentially having everything. I mean, I didn't grow up with the internet. I mean, I was just on that cusp of it was starting 
and you kind of used it a little bit, but we all, I still remember going back to the old dictionaries uh, and the encyclopedias. Uh, so oh, yeah. one thing my dad had always taught me is appreciate history. And he's, he's, uh, he's big in cars and I appreciate um, old cars. I don't know how the whole heck of a lot about them, but I do, um, do appreciate them quite a bit. In addition to the history of fitness, you know, how one thing that's consistent with fitness is that you still got to do it. No one's going to do it. <laughs> no one's going to, well, and that's one of the examples to your question uh, that I was trying to answer is, you know, how do I contend with them is just like some people want it just, okay, serve to them. You can't, you can't buy fitness, uh, no matter how much money you have. You have to do the work. You have to put the sweat. You got to put the consistency in um, and you have to do, you have to have the desire for that. Well said. You cannot buy fitness no matter how much money you have. You, you got to get it out there and do it. Right. And you, and you have to do it. And, and there's so much out there nowadays that people are finding or trying to find the best, uh, most efficient way to get out there. But uh, you know, it, it's really funny because the fitness industry right now is, is, is that's the topic of discussion. We would say probably in the last couple of years is you got to do the work. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's, you, you get, there's no participation word awards in, in fitness, in health, in healthy lifestyles. They're just, you can't. No, I can give you all the participation words that I want, but that's not going to help you get stronger. You with better balance, better coordination, flexibility overall strength. It, that's just not going to happen. You got to put the word. I, I will show you the door, but you got to walk through it. So what inspired you to go out on your own and open your own gym? Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, I, I want to say that I'm not a very good planner. Let, well, let me, let me re rephrase that. Back in the day, I wasn't a very good planner. I was a reaction individual. And when something needed to be done, I just did it. Uh, in 2005, training to, uh, myself and um, Smitty's organization was going in two different directions. Uh, I was talking, I was thinking about going, getting back into physical therapy, trying to go get my master's at that time because I was a physical therapist assistant. So, and it, that didn't end up working out, kind of took off, pay the bills to it at the same time. I was also competing in karate. So, there was a lot of craziness going on. And it just kind of evolved. Um, I ended up just being in the area, bouncing around at different large big box gyms is what they call them. Just, you know, gyms that have a bunch of uh, equipment, a lot of space and opportunity to do a whole heck of a lot there with equipment. Uh, and I was bouncing around there. I was going to people's houses, I was doing it privately and it just kind of evolved. And while I was competing, you know, that paid my transportation, my entry fees, and my trips uh, to go further my competition career at the time. And it just kind of evolved. So I guess, you know, that's been good and bad. You know, I kind of respond and react. But a lot of times there is when you own your own business, you, you got to have a plan. And the business, the, the business of fitness has not, it's only been around probably pretty solid for about 10 years, if you can believe that. There is, there's the business model for fitness and it's 10 years old. How's that possible? I've, I've seen gyms a lot longer, around a lot longer than 10 years. Well, the type of gym that I have is what's called a centric gym. It's about 3,000 to 6,000 square feet. The big box gyms have been around for a long time. And they've been around since the 70s and 60s and 70s. And in addition to that, you had that as one option or a personal trainer a one-on-one -on -one situation. Those were essentially your two options that you could choose from. And they didn't, there was no organization. They just, a lot of people, I'll give you an example. Back in the eighties and the nineties, what was training like? Bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. We did three sets of 15, three, set, three sets of 10. That builds the most muscle. Yeah. You know, you had your Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda actually was ahead of her time. Uh, she did have some of the things, but it was aerobic classes. It wasn't a lot of science, if you will, out there. If people were just trying things and does this work? Okay. Yes, this does work or no, this doesn't work. So during that period of time, everybody took off with it. Just like everything else takes off with any new fad that you got going on. Hmm. It just, it, it goes like wildfire. It really does. So I, I, you know, I'll, I'll ask the question with your question is who invented one-on-one -on -one training? 
nobody knows. <laughs> no one really knows other than, like I said, it just, you know, I'm a, I'm a big bodybuilder or I, I work out. So yeah, you want to work out and look like me. Okay. I will train you just like I train you. That's essentially how it evolved. And then people thought, Hey, you know, I can make a lot of money if I um, train individually one-on-one -on -one with individuals. So, and then, you know, then towards the late nineties, early two thousands is when things started to say, okay, we need to create a system here. Every other discipline or, um, I don't want to say department, but category has their uh, business model. Retail. How long has retail been, you know, out? That has their business model. We, you know, the kind of that what needs to be done from start to finish. So they they designed a business model for fitness. And the hardest part was is when you're getting into a business on your own, you're passion, you're passionate about changing people's lives physically for the better. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you know the other side of business which is the finance side you got to have a business structure which has to be binary with the fitness structure or excuse me the financial structure if those two things aren't binary you're going to have a real hard time and so in the in the late two or the early 2000s um, we they started to pop the uh, centric gyms if you will 3,000 6,000 square foot started to pop up where you can have small group training and that's kind of where they drew their attention is, you know what, what did we do when we were growing up? Well, we played outside. Okay. We played football. We played tag. We climbed the trees. Let's, we were doing that not by ourselves. We were doing that with other people. And you know what? We liked it. So what we're going to do is let's go back to small group training, small groups being three to four people per one fitness coach or 12 to 14 individuals in a class per to one fitness coach and come to find out misery loves company <laughs> <laughs> people if you were suffering together you felt good about it you had some camaraderie with that and it took you back to what you did when you grew up now when i say what you did when you grew up i'm talking kind of the i guess generation x is it generation y that that kind of period right now Whereas, and this goes back to your earlier question regarding, you know, how do I contend with the, the, the new millennials, if you will, they don't have a lot of PE, physical education, recess in schools across the nation. I mean, I can't, I can't quote, you can't quote me on the exact figure, but it is ridiculous. I want to say out of all the schools in the United States, it's something like only 30% is still physical education or which is sad because we have a obesity epidemic in in the u.s how is that how is that and then third world countries don't yeah. you know and it's 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 just it's weird people are like don't understand it and it's like well how can you not understand it you know and you know i can go down the rabbit hole and talk about you know how wasteful and 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 even go back to the participation awards and making it easy for people and bringing them up because we don't want anybody to fail which I personally believe is the worst thing that you could possibly do to an individual who is young because you, you're setting them up not for success. You're setting them up for failure. And along the same lines, fitness goes along with that. You know, you got to work hard. You got to put sweat into it. You got to own it. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to push you. Well, you kind of yelled at me. Well, I didn't really yell at you. I was just forcefully aggressive to trying to get you to do what's efficient for your body so you can gain muscle. Get more mm -hmm. flexibility. Um, and if you can't handle that, then, uh, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, how are you going to handle the real world? Sure. Um, you know, so it's, it, it comes to a point where, where individuals need to understand when they come in how much effort, how much work they need to put into it. Because there's two things that you can control. There's two absolute, I mean, there's probably a couple of them more. But one thing, the philosophy that I follow is you can control your attitude and your effort. Those are Agreed. two things that are all 110% you. I can do everything. I can lay it all out. I can show you videos. I can write it down. I can do it with you. <laughs> but if you don't have a positive attitude to increase your flexibility and your coordination, get better in a sport, sport, things that you love to do, then you know what? There's, there's only so much that I can do or, and, or my staff, if you will. Or anybody. I kind of off there a little bit, so sorry. Yeah, yeah. anybody. anybody. Um, it's it's it, and it, it branches off to the world that we live in, too. But, again, I mean, this is 
uh, I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole in here. And I don't know if I answered your question about um, <laughs> the originally of the, of the, of the, the businesses and or the fitness businesses and gyms back in the 60s, 70s and 80s. I think so. Going back to the part about kids and PE, you and I've spoken before that for kids, there's four sports that... That was based on my opinion. Okay. Um, not necessarily, this is a national thing that's out there with a lot of research. Based on my experience, and I've been around movement, any and all type of movement since I was 11. Uh-huh. And paying attention, seeing what, oh... Uh, I'll give you an example. So let's, 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 I won't try to tangent off too much, but the four sports that I feel that all children need to be associated with and, and, and to the point where you force them that you just say, Hey, let's just try this out. Give it a start. Give it a semester. If you don't like it, that's okay. That's not, you don't have to force them onto the point, but I think the exposure is wonderful. Um, it's gymnastics at some level. You have to go extreme dance, martial arts and swimming. Those are the four sports, recreation um, athletics, if you want to call it, however you want to do it, that provide the most versatility in every component of what I would call functional development or sensory development that involves long-term continued movement. And if you realize all those sports are all barefooted, so they don't require shoes. What is the barefoot have to do with, with that. And when you say they're the most diverse for functionality development, what do you mean? So with the barefoot is if there is, um, and this is kind of getting into a little bit of the science behind the body. There is so many nerves in your hands, your face, obviously, and your feet. So when I get direct contact with things that I grab with places where I walk that are natural, meaning no, no, you got skin to floor or ground, if you will, you get what's called feedback. The body responds to different contours of the, of the ground. And as a result, the body has to adapt. Now getting into kind of lead, this is a segue into your second question is what is it help? What's helping well, what is it helping? It's helping on all your proprioception. Proprioception is knowing where your hand is in space without looking at it, okay? Sensory feedback. Sensory, it's a huge one, okay? Your central nervous system, it is being worked on. It's saying, okay, when you walk and there's a rocky area, you got to walk a certain way because it's going to hurt your feet. So you learn to balance. You learn to dodge. You learn to find the line, if you will, of the best path for your feet to walk upon on that, on that, um, as I use that example on, onto that ground that has a rocky surface. So the same thing goes into sports. So if I am full, take martial arts, for example, and we can touch on all of them, but martial arts in martial arts, you are working when you're on your feet, you're changing directions. You're working on balance. Okay. Working on flexibility because you want to kick higher. Okay, you're working on speed. How do I get faster so I can punch? Okay. Uh, there's things that are called katas, which is similar to a gymnastics floor routine, okay, where it's, it's choreographed, but it's got to look a certain way. So the hand positions have to be so much, so many inches away from your, from your, from your knee, or the, the angle of the punch can't be, can't bend the wrist. Okay. You got to keep it straight. How do I generate power when I hit a bag? Got to have my whole body behind it. Move into gymnastics. In gymnastics, I have to flip. Can you imagine as an adult doing a backflip? No. No, exactly. <laughs> because one, we don't practice it a lot. But two, it requires so much sensory information. I got to know where I am in space. I got to make sure that I, when I take off, I have to explode my arms or my legs and my arms together in order to get a full revolution backwards. And then I got to know where my hands are. Okay. So all that, you're working all that. Now you throw, uh, and I wish they would do this for men, but you, you, you put a female on a six inch wide balance beam where they're doing flips, cartwheels. It's just amazing on the amount of, of sensory information. Like I said, uh, you know, awareness, um, balance, flexibility, strength. Um, you, you throw in dance, dance is the same way. 
Uh, people are like, well, I'm not a good dancer. Why aren't you a good dancer? Because all my parts move together at the same beat. Well, they're not supposed to. Your hips are going to move one way, your arms are going to move the other, and your legs are going to go the other way. That makes rhythm with the beat. So that means a whole bunch of things have to tighten, relax, tighten, relax, tighten, relax, and look good so you don't look like you're a brick or you're a tree that's trying to dance, mm -hmm. okay? And then you move into swimming. Swimming is the same thing. Even though it's in your buoyant in water when you're doing turns and whatnot, um, you have to have a certain level of, okay, I got to stay above water. What is the most efficient way for me to stay above water? And if I'm not efficient, I'm not going to say you're going to drown, <laughs> but your swimming is probably not going to be your forte. So, so what is it working on? So, and when I say those sports, obviously all those sports are, they're going to have their limitations, but it's the best all around martial arts, dance, gymnastics, and swimming. They all have balance. They all have some level of balance and some higher than the others. There is a level of flexibility. All of those have to have all of them. That's just, that's just straight up. That one has to have, be in all of them. You can still do them, but the tighter you get or the tighter that you're not, it's probably not the sport for you. Strength, obviously, again, certain amounts of strength are going to be different. Some are going to be more than others, obviously. And strength is going to be a big part of it. You know, if I want to kick faster, it's not all about just swinging my leg. I have to have the power to generate that. If I'm going to dance and I'm going to jump, well, I have to be able to, again, have that power to jump. Uh, pushing off when you're doing laps in the pool and when you push off the wall, when you flip to change directions, that takes a level of, of amount of power at the same time. And so you got power, you got coordination. Coordination's in there. Coordination is, is required for all of them. Okay. And that's a big part of that as I, the term that I used proprioception is knowing where your hands and feet are in space without looking at them. Mm -hmm. All those that have that level um, of, let's see, balance, coordination, power, strength, flexibility. And if you think about it, and I have all this one step further in this, they all require a sense of discipline mentally. Okay. okay? So, um, and I will say in terms of the hierarchy ones, it's going to be dance, gymnastics, and martial arts. So if you think about it, now in martial arts, it's, you know, and for the most part, most of them will just have rules. This is the way you have to stay at attention. There's no talking. You get penalty push-ups, you know, and blah, blah, blah. In the Valley here, Sensei Sue does a wonderful job with kill, kill children. She, and then I'm going to give you an example. If the child is late to class, the child has to do penalty push-ups. And they're not like a thousand of them. They're just like 10 push-ups or whatever, whatever the case is. But as a child, I know I didn't want to do push-ups. So what do you do? You have to have mom, dad, I need to get here on time. You can't be late. So it provides a little bit of accountability on that youth, whatever, whatever age he or she is. Gymnastics. Gymnastics, same. Mental stability. Now you can, you know, as we're young, we can bend, flipped. Um, stretch. <laughs> we can even break and heal back, no problem. But once we start to get a little bit higher level, like I want to get on that balance beam, I want to get on those uneven bars, I want to go on that high bar or the pommel horse. Well, then that now takes a little bit more mental consistency in order to practice, 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 get better and better and better, get stronger and stronger, stronger, flex, flex, you know, flexibility, and the list goes on. You know, that one, dance, dance is a huge mental. You know, if you're performing in front of people, hmm. how nerve wracking is that? I mean, right now for you, if I ask you to go out and, and, and talk in front of a uh, sing in front of five people, would you do it? I don't think those five people would want to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> but again, yeah. but it's a sense of, of you know, in, 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 in that same respect, would you dance in front of five strangers you don't even know Yeah, to get them to dance? You know, not a lot of people will do that because mm -hmm. it's, it's like stage fright. It's like, well, I don't know. I'm going to be I'm embarrassed or anything. Again. A mental, uh, a mental aspect to it that is, is overlooked quite a bit that just kind of just draws on, on its own. So those are the four sports that I've been around in all my life. And I've, I've tried to either train or participate in every single sport you could possibly imagine. Uh, the ones that do not, I've never done diving. Cow tipping? I've never done, I've done, what's that? Cow tipping? Um, uh, I take a fifth on that one. Uh, <laughs> there might be some people listening, uh, especially in Wyoming. Uh, there is um, uh, skydiving. Uh, you know, there's uh, polo. I'm trying to think of the things. I mean, I played darts. I played horseshoes. I played 
um, uh, curling. I've done curling. I've done Batman. I've done table tennis. I mean, I've tried to explore a lot of sports in, in the manner to understand, like they're all related. Mm-hmm. It's just different, you know, wrestling, um, basketball, football, track, baseball, everything. I'll be right back with Augie after this quick message from the show's sponsor. Have you ever wondered how to make one of those cool cocktails you enjoyed at your favorite restaurant? Ever look at that wall of wine and wonder, why does all of this exist? Did you know beer and food can complement each other? Well, all of these answers and more can be discovered at the liquor store of Jackson Hole. The knowledgeable and friendly staff love making your experience one to remember. Please stop in to say hello to the fun and friendly staff and discover something new to make your taste buds dance. Visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash TLS for more details. So you are a very thorough trainer and business owner with, with your organization and with your coaches. Thank you. What, what would you suggest to people listening right now that they should look for when they're finding, when they're out searching for a fitness coach? Because I think most people go to the big box places. Oh yeah, we can sign you up for one-on-one fitness training. But from your perspective, what are things that people should be looking for? Well, there's, there's kind of two schools of thought and I appreciate your compliment. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thorough and my, my staff, my fitness coaches are thorough and there's a reason for that. So there, I'll start with two different thoughts. First thought, if you're doing nothing and you're going to move, I'm all for that. Thumbs up. I applaud you. Hats off. And when you're looking for a place, um, to go find, uh, let's say you moved in the past and had children, you've had a career change, you've moved, and things have just taken a little bit of a spiral. You got you know, sick or, or whatever the case, or you're caring for somebody else, and life just took over and you haven't worked out in a while, and you're looking to get back into it. So on a general portion, you do want to look for some form of certification. Does that person have experience? And that kind of gives you an idea that they take their profession serious enough to take time out of their life and get schooled in how to train you. And I, I just, that's, it's a biggie. You kind of look at it, say, you know, you don't have to have all the letters after the person's name or anything else like that, because how you are an educator is, does not correlate as a clinician, if that makes sense. Okay. Just because I have all these letters after my name does not make me an efficient, what, what we call as coach. I, and, and with the, the world that we live into with technology and social media right now, there is literally a lot of individuals who will go on Instagram, watch a few exercises, they work out themselves and they call themselves a personal trainer. And without going too far down the rabbit hole, and I say this a lot uh, because there's so many intricate webbings that you can go down on all this. But right now, Stefan, you can be a personal trainer for $99. And if you pass pass a hundred question, multiple choice, true and false. And for for 175, I can also get certified to marry somebody at the same time. (laughs) Yes, that's true too. Get a discount. Yeah, and I mean, it's so easy, and it's so easy to sign up. I actually did one of these, and I clicked just to check out what what they're what how really easy it is. I didn't even look at one question, and I think I ended up getting uh, sixty. You had to pass thirty in order to get your certification. I just pushed submit, and I got like a sixty three percent, something like that, fifty or sixty percent. I'm like, really? And then I answered the first fifty. I ended up getting a seventy three percent. I didn't even look at the latter 50. I just, I just answered the first 50 and then hit submit. That's how easy it is for you to sign up as a personal trainer. So that doesn't always correlate. So, so um, when you're trying to find some, someone, find their education, talk to them first, and then establish a time period to work out with him or her. Meaning that, okay, let's, let's give this a try for a month depending on, you know, it's twice a week, it's three times a week, whatever the case is. And then that way that gives you, uh, the client, if you will, a way out and nobody's feelings are hurt, especially in a small town such as Jackson. But in general, 
Um, it's just easier to say, okay, let's do this for a month. Let's give it a shot. And then let's reconvene after a month or six weeks or whatever it is, two months. And then we go from here. Cause that person may not be a very good clinician. They may not be a good coach. Uh, and I use a clinician just coming from physical therapy, but the, the coach is what, what we're really wanting. Is somebody going to, I'm going to come to this person. Is this person motivating me? Is this person making a variety every single time to the point where it's progressing me to want to, uh, what, what I want to achieve. And then the other school of thought is when you are, if you're, I guess maybe not general starter, this can go in the general box and go in the more specific box. What I tend to do is we pay attention to, to the quality of movement, the form. And that is important. It's important because like I referred to earlier, there's not a lot of individuals, I would say between the ages of 15 and 30 who have had a lot of movement in their background. They've had a lot of video games. They've had a lot of um, sitting on their butt, you know, but they haven't had a lot of movement. So in the beginning, and if you're not really efficient with the quality of form, we make it a point to make sure that your form is adequate. Then we can progress you. And that's called uh, training age. Training age. What's, okay. what's your training age? Meaning like how, how long have you been training? Have you been lifting dumbbells, barbells, okay. kettlebells, TRX, have been to classes? How long have you been doing that? That's a training age. So when we know that coming in, then we get an understanding of how, just an idea of how the person will move or if we're starting off from scratch, which will determine the exercises that we select. So, you know, so when you're trying the, the attention portion is, is, do you just have me like uh, do 10 push-ups? don't really care what I look like. Well, do you really need me for that? You can go on the internet and copy the, what they're doing on there and do the same thing. We want efficiency of movement. So there's the other, like I said, trying to drawing into the other thought is that as well as a balanced program. Do you have a balanced program to start or finish? Touching on all the elements that I had mentioned before in the kids sports. Are you touching on strength? Are you touching on power, coordination, balance, flexibility? Are you hitting all those every time you work out? The other addition to that is progression. Is this progression or is this the same old, same old? Okay. The body the body neurologically responds to movement after four to six weeks. So if you do, and let's just use twice a week stuff and you're doing two, two, two times a week, um, you're doing a routine that was given to you. It will take your body to neurologically adapt to it four to six weeks. We'll call it five weeks. And then we can, you know, then change the movement, the variables, our load, rest period, repetitions, rest, blah, 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 the whole nine, nine yards. So, it, there's there's that component and then the last component is is you're getting a quality challenge or are you getting your ass kicked um safely and smartly uh because you want that progression to go up and there's going to be some weeks where you like if that's not appropriate and that that or get an understanding get a communication you know what this week we're not going to do that that's okay for the body to take a rest you're not losing anything. I don't know if that answers all the question. Like I said, I can go down like there's so many intricate levels that we could go down to explain the differences. But generally, that's what I would say. Very helpful and very insightful. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that. And, and the thoroughness that you provide as well. And you, you and I have talked before and you said that there is a difference between exercising and training. What is the difference to where people don't use those terms synonymously? Well, they, and this is taken off a, um, one of um, Alan Cogsgrove's uh, books. Um, and he wrote a book, I think it's about 15 years ago. Alan Cogsgrove is one of the pioneers to changing uh, the way we think and perform fitness uh, in the last uh, 15, 20 years, probably. And they categorize, and just for the simplicity of it, there's, they break it down to four different categories. There's um, activities of daily living. There's what they call is, I call um, active, what they call exercise. There is workouts, and then there's training. So starting with the first one is daily activities of living. That's what you're doing right now. Um, drinking water, walking to the store, 
um, simple things that allow you to put away, you know, do the laundry, stuff like that. The second one is going to be, I call it activities or they call it exercise. Um, and basically that is you're taking a class somewhere, you're going on a hike, excuse me, you go, you're mountain biking, you're cycling, you're um, skiing uh, recreationally, cross-country skiing. That's exercise. That's, uh, we call it activity. You're, you're, you're an active mover outdoors. The next one is, is workouts. Now, the workouts, uh, workouts are actually beneficial, but they are also limited. They, can, they only can get you so far. So if I were to take you right now, we're going to do a workout from start to finish. I'm going to make sure that you got a good sweat on. Um, we're working on all areas of the body, front, back, top, bottom, left, right. Um, we're doing some balance stuff. We'll do some coordination stuff. We do some explosive stuff, do some strength stuff. And that's it. Okay? And then from that workout, there is another workout sometime randomly in that week or right afterwards that is not planned with the other workout. There's no connection. It's just workouts. And like I said, that will get you that, that's still good. Like I said, I'm not one for anybody. If somebody who's getting their butt off the couch and just doing some, I applaud that hundred percent. But if you get serious about it and want to excel, especially in this Valley, I want to be a better skier. Okay. Well, the actual skiing itself, we can't, we're not experts in that realm, like a, like as a golf pro, but we will get your legs strong enough for skiing. We will get flexibility in your rotation so you can swing the ball. The coaching and the specific comes to the, the actual individual who's telling you the technique behind it. But training gets you to a start, start, finish area. Okay. Now our, our facility does annual memberships. And the reason that we do annual memberships is because we're in it for the long term. We create a plan, a plan periodically with your life. I, I'm the believer that you can have your, I think it's, you can have your, you can have your cake and eat it too. I'm a believer that if you know where you are in life, meaning that, okay, I have a mortgage, I have a career, I have a wife, I have two kids. Okay. What do you want to do? I want to ski Saturdays and Sundays every winter or, or throughout the winter. Okay. We can, we can help you out with that. Okay. Knowing that where you are, I've had people come in and say, I want to look like I was in college. Huh. I tell them, okay, I can do that. I can 99.9% .9 guarantee that if you give up your career, your mortgage, your wife, and your kids, I can do that, but you got to give it up and they're not willing to give it up. It's like, okay, we've got to have a compromise here. So with the training aspect, you have a start to end finish. And then from there, and I say that just to answer your question, but there's still another start to end finish and a start to end finish and then a start to end finish. It's, it's never ending, but we always encourage fitness goals, um, performance goals, even if something as simple, I want to keep up with my kids. Okay. We can do that. And we still make a plan accordingly. And we see those measurables to the point where I want to be a stronger skier this year. Uh, it took me until almost three quarters of the season before I felt comfortable with skiing. Okay, well, let's get you stronger sooner. So when you enter, and this is our fee, when you put skis on for the first time, you should have, you have about a half an hour. And after that half an hour, you should be in mid form. That's our philosophy. If you have all the intangibles, tangibles being the strength, coordination, uh, the ability to be able to hold um, or to walk around those boots as well as the skis and they add more weight on there, we prepare you for that. Mm -hmm. Skiing itself, if you've been skiing for a long period of time, you should be able to get a half an hour because you haven't been, I was like, okay, this is a little, okay, getting used to getting my feet underneath me, getting my feet wet. Yeah, okay, that's good, good. Should take about a half an hour and then you should be informed. That's all our philosophy, mountain bike, hunting, everything. Thing that's outdoor, especially around Jackson area, that's what we train for. We don't work out for, we don't exercise for, we train for. So we're getting to that point. And we have a lot of those individuals year round. They mountain bike, they road bike, they rock climb, they run, they hike, uh, cross country ski, skate ski, uh, which is the big one. So what we do is we take their outdoor activities and we put those 
uh, depending on obviously different levels of membership, but we understand where they're coming from. And then we say, okay, you're getting ready for this. Now, remember, you're coming off of this kind of sport, so things are really tight. So we got to make sure we open up before we start banging away at this area. So we make sure that you're balanced when you do perform those activities and that we don't create abnormalities or in, in, inefficient patterns because you're so used to doing things over and over and over again. And this town, which is one of my huge pet peeves, is this town is so quad dominant. It is disheartening, sad. I just hate it. Uh, everybody in this town, everybody's quads are no problem. That's it. That's the only thing that's strong on them. Hmm. Well, to my knowledge, uh, there's 700 plus muscles in the body. And your four major quad muscles in front of your thighs are four out of 700. There's a lot more going on. Um, so I, when we bring people in, the first thing that we do is basically train their train their backside mm -hmm. and so what so to, to kind of highlight even the, the the answer to your question is they come into us they're tight in their hip flexors their butt muscles don't turn on we're working on their posterior side so we train to get that posterior side and we give them some other stuff too i mean there's we, we need some sizzle in there every now and then which is not a big deal but we um we do their backside we train to get that functional okay good it's functional it's strong it's balanced Okay, now let's take the next level. What's the next level? Okay, now let's open up the floodgates a little bit more. Now that you have those movement patterns, now that you have those more balance in your body strength, now we can do more complex movements, more fun, quote unquote, fun activities a little bit more. We still keep it fun when you're still doing the boring stuff, but those boring stuff is around there for a reason. I value your perspective on this and, and I appreciate your, your thoughts and, and sharing that today. And, and I can tell you going to work out at your gym has helped me enormous amount. And, and I have you as a guest today, not just because I'm a member of your gym, but because I really appreciate your value and your opinion and your, your enthusiasm, your passion for, for the movement of the body. And, um, I, I hope that people listening today can take away a lot of really good great nuggets so they can help themselves whether they live in jackson or they're in uh, you know timbuktu wherever that they can go find the right workout facility and um, understand that it has to be a long-term commitment to accomplish the goals that they want to see yeah and uh, you know thank you for that um it, but it is it, that's why we do what we do we're in it for the long term and uh, you know, my, my, my wife, I think, you know, the reason I'm with, with her is, is I think both of us had some old souls and I was preaching this, you know, when I first got into karate, I didn't know why I was preaching it. I just preached it. And then I realized, stumbled on, oh, there's science behind this. Oh, cool. You know, it is, it's an innate ability that I pride myself in having that I can hopefully help someone that's you know and, and i have a genuine need to want to help individuals um especially for individuals who who are kind of in that that gray area is what i call it it's like well i'm, I'm coming off an injury or i i had I had an injury and i never rehabbed it correctly but that was like a couple years ago and and to show them their potential that gives me like tingles hmm. to be able to say oh you know i you know i used to do that or or, or even, I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not miracle workers. There's nothing about that, but we want to, and one of our, uh, part of our mission statement is we want you to look better, feel better and perform better, you know, better. Just there, there's, you know, I have this little sticky note that I put on my computer and I read it every day and it's kind of based off my dad. You can always do better every single moment, every single day. Now you can take that to the extreme and there's some, some, some fitness enthusiasts who, who do that. Um, and if you're not doing something better then you're not worthy at <laughs> that extreme. But I, I look and it's like, even as simple as, okay, I didn't make my bed last night or yesterday, but I'm going to make it today. That's, that's an improvement. And, and when we, when we do that and that extends out to, you know, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to put the time in. So then the results are, me having fun and not worrying about these other things that are holding me back from my fun. Just say, Hey, just think if 
we all operated with that mantra every day to say that I can always do something better. I'm not going to be perfect, but I can always find something to do better. And, and you hit it. I mean, you made it, broke it down so simple that I didn't make my bed yesterday, but I'm going to do it today. Right. And that extends to the fitness world. People are like, and, and, this, and this town is not very forgiving to mm-hmm. some individuals um, to the point where, or, you know, I say this town, I'm going to say this town specifically because we're, we're, we're in this town, but even out in the world is, is like, you don't have to be like somebody else. You don't, you don't have to be, you know, if you, if you, if you know that I'm not a big, there's, in my opinion, there's no such thing as, as, as girl pushups. Uh, a pushup is a pushup. There's, there's no gender to it. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it on your knees because that's actually worse for your shoulders and it's not helping you anything. You know, if you can just hold a high plank, like a you know, high plank push, push up position for 10 seconds. And when you started, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was three seconds. Well, hell, that's what, 300, 400% improvement? Yeah. You know, I, I, I've trained, uh, there was a, a gentleman years back uh, before I had a, a location. He was, he was about 300 pounds overweight. And we started to do just simple high box squats. So essentially there was a, like a, he was, to you and I, if you will, it was like a halfway down, a quarter of a squat. Basically, when he felt his butt touch um, a high, high seat, he stood right back up. And then I told him, I go, look, here's what I want you to do. Your friends ask you what you did. You're going to tell them, I squatted 300 pounds 10 times. Because <laughs> that's exactly what you did. And he's like, I never thought it like that. And that is, is all the worth and inspiring for individuals like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one other individual who actually now, he's really, it's really funny. He was a young kid uh, that I inspired. Well, I think I inspired, but he had mentioned to me before uh, when he was young, he was really overweight, uh, 14-year-old. I mean, he was, it was really bad. And we started working out, and he really wasn't into it. Um, and, I, you know, one of the things is helping him out, and I just told him, you know, just try to eat a piece of fruit, just one piece of fruit every morning. And lo and behold, I uh, went to college, played football, um, uh, on a scholarship. And then now he's a, an Olympic weightlifter. Huh. Uh, he does power letters. I should say powerlifting would be more the, the he has Olympic um, experience, but it's, it's, um, powerlifting and he's trimmed down. He's all cut. He's muscular. And he's, you know, he's approaching his, his, uh, late thir- or mid late twenties. And, uh, you know, he had mentioned to me, he's like, I always remembered you telling me to eat that piece of fruit. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't help become a, a bodybuilder, but you know, there was some form of help in there, even if it's the smallest bit mm-hmm. that helps. And there's a lot of individuals that, you know, like, oh, I need to get in shape before I come to see you. Well, then you're really not really wanting to go. <laughs> this is just an excuse that people that make and it's, and and in the fitness industry, that's kind of a, a funny comment because we hear that so often, all the time. Yeah, I can see that. Augie, your time today has been absolutely inspiring, educational, and very helpful. I, I really, really appreciate this. For people who are listening today, if they wanted to reach out and get some thoughts from you, get your perspective on things, what's the best way to do that is that through an email or through your website email or probably probably email is going to be best i leave the email on the email until i answer <laughs> i'm okay. not always the most efficient some I'm, times i'm really efficient and then other efficient other times just like currently right now we're getting ready for the fall i've been preparing since the beginning of august we got a lot that we're going to be doing um this fall here for our members as well as for the public. But email is going to be the best that you can reach me at uh, Hernandez, H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z, 411 at yahoo.com. A little old school. I still have Yahoo. Everyone still has, everyone has Gmail. <laughs> so, so Hernandez, 411 at yahoo.com. Um, and and you, yep, you can contact me that way. I'd be more than happy to help you out. If you're in Jackson in the area, want to stop by, by all means, please do. Uh, my GM, um, she is wonderful. Um, she will accommodate you if I'm not there, partly because I, I do travel a lot. And uh, But I'd be more than happy to 
give you some insights or some thoughts if you are in the profession and you're looking at what direction that needs to be taken. I can answer those questions if you're brand new and just say, hey, I'd like to try out. You know, we do have a trial membership to try try us out. And, you know, if you don't, if it's not for you, that's all right. It's not for you. Um, I'll still say hi to you out in, in public. Uh, it's, you know, yeah. I, I'll be the first to tell you if, you, if you want to be there, I want you there. If you don't want to be there, I don't want to. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're in it for the long term. We want people to, to really look at what we're offering and what we give them and see, wow, okay, let's, let's do this. And, and the hardest, you know, everyone's always gun ho and people are like, well, thanks for telling me X, X, Y, and Z. I go, well, I don't really want you to thank me now. I want you to thank me in three months when you're still doing it in six months, when you're still doing it in a year, when you're still doing it, that means it's hooked. That means it's in the body. That means you're doing it. That means the body wants it. And that means you're going to be successful at what you're doing. And if you fall off the wagon, it's really easy to get back on. But if you, if you start with kind of a hosh pause up and down and stuff like that, and you're kind of given a, a roadmap, but you don't want to follow the roadmap, that's very difficult to continue. Well said, Augie. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And I appreciate you asking me to be on here. I was a little choppy in the beginning. Sorry. Now I can probably talk for another hour if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome to continue the conversation. Uh, and I think people should reach out to you and, and get your, uh, pick your brain a little bit. Because when you say that you're willing to help them out, you totally are. And, and your team at training to be balanced is, is so helpful and understanding. And they're very accommodating for, for any type of uh, injury or ailment that, that people may have. So I thank you, Augie. I appreciate your time and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you for having me. Take care. To learn more about Augie and his style of training, visit my website, thejacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 54. I do love hearing from the listeners and subscribers. So if you have feedback or suggestions, please send me an email to connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com. I do ask that you rate and review this podcast, however you listen to podcasts, because that helps others find this podcast as well. And please remember, when you're in Jackson Hole, be sure to visit my friends at the liquor store of Jackson Hole. I could not create this podcast without the support of my lovely wife, Laura, my editor, Michael Morey, my fun musical director, Luke Taylor, and my marketing guru, Tana Hoffman. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.